0: So the Prophet said, you all are shepherds, okay? When we talk about issue of leadership, leadership, we can romanticize these things and books are written and talking about these things. But leadership is very simple thing, very simple thing. One thing, when you look at all leaders, what they have to be successful leaders, is they have imagination, okay, imagination. What does that mean? When Prophet Sallallahu told us that we are all shepherds, what's the difference between shepherd and a sheep? And by the way, he said everyone. So when you think about shepherd, what his advantage over the sheep is that he has a height where the sheep are lower down. They don't see far, okay? So when shepherd is looking far beyond that, he can spot what? where is the green area, he can spot where is the danger area, okay? So he can map the terrain. So as a shepherd when you stand, you map what's going on around yourself. So you can see like a GPS coordinates of this map. And then based on that, you construct the image of the area, okay? So what is for example a danger here? How do I read what's going on? Sometimes they say, read the lines and between the lines. I say, read the line between and behind the line. Everything. Read intentions. You tre- read Trump just the line and between lines, you don't get him. But you read behind and more, then you understand. So we have to read. We have to learn how to read. Okay? So sometimes they call it like a vision. But the point here is that you want to have a picture bigger picture and in this picture you want to strategically and independently think you want to think in the way so that you can have a bigger vision okay let's i'll give you example muslims in australia okay now the hard bit is connect this to reality how can we be shepherds in australia what does it mean to re- uh, register the map of australia So, for example, when first people came here from Makassar, from Indonesia, okay, very nice people, they came here, they established zero, nothing. Beautiful people. Pat Dawson, you read his commentary about this period, he said these people, they came, they married, they were generous, nice, kind, the best encounter between two cultures ever in Australia between indigenous and these Makassars from Sulawesi in Indonesia. That was in 1600s that we know. Happened much before that. So 200 years that Captain Cook even heard of this place, Muslims were here cooperating, doing fishing for tripang, shipping this to the China. Beautiful contact, beautiful culture, beautiful memories. In the books. Established nothing. That's why they are nowhere to be seen today here. Afghan say, yes, nice, we have a gun train, we have a mosque museum, but we have to be serious when we talk amongst ourselves. Where are the Afghans now? What did they establish? We are proud of them. They built Australia, railway lines, overlay telegraph. They were supplying with their camels, okay? But how did they come to Australia? As a lower hand. They were employees or employers? Which one? Business owner or just somebody on hire? Without roots to bring. Of course, government at that day put a letter, was very there were issues, they stopped Makassars, very racist policies. Don't think today we just have Herald Sun and stuff like that. That time they used to tell Afghans they are dirty. They are this, 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 the camels when they drink from our water, they do this. There's newspapers like Andrew Bolt today, it's the same thing happening. So, but that's what, they didn't do it, they didn't establish anything. And they came in very uh, inferior position. If we look at the Sunnah, like if we go back to the beginning of Islam, when the Muslims were in Mecca, okay? And what is Mecca? why is Mecca important? Put religious reason aside. Why? What is Mecca? It's a trading center. It's a center of a business. Otherwise, why people go to Mecca? It's, it's a business. They had a big shopping center in Mecca. What's the name of the shopping center? Huh? They put these guards in the shopping center and everybody worship. You understand? They have 300 something. Okay, it's like a shopping center. More you can build rooms, more shops, more people come. That's their pagan understanding. Okay, so they, then they started trade and the business and many things and God, God, they were in the business of putting more gods into the Kaaba so that more tribes can come. So when the Prophet is coming and say, you know what, we're going to replace them all with one. They say, hang on a minute, we don't mind worshipping your God, you know, but it's like to understand it in today's terminology. Let's say you have a. What's the biggest shopping center in Canberra? What's the name of the biggest shopping center here? Canberra Central. Canberra Central. How many shops? Thousands. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shops. What if somebody tomorrow comes and says, I have a great business idea? Let's replace all of these thousands of shops with one single shop. What are they going to say? Seriously. Like people come because there is thousands of shops. If we could put 10,000, there will be more people coming. That's the logic. You want me to replace all of this with one? It doesn't make sense. Who's gonna come? Plus, we replace this one with a customer base of 10 people, 20, 50, 100. You know, so replace thousands of so with one shop, yet that shop is no customers. So what do you think we are here? So these people started getting worried. They say, no, no, no. You can put your shop there. I mean, you, we can put your God. We'll even worship him. We don't care who we worship. We'll worship your oh God. You worship our Everything good. Let's not close this. It's going to ruin us economically. So the process, forget it. You want, they say, we'll give you money, things, anything. Pu- just put your hands. We're going to drop everything we have. He said, I can't do it. Doesn't work like that. Issue of belief. It's not the shopping center we are talking about. We're talking about the center of our Akida. So what they start then lies things. Until what economic sanctions they put. Yeah? So what they now have nothing else to do, they started stopping the trade ban on doing the business anything economic sanctions anyway that's why the first battle of Badr was by the way for what is to get back this stuff that they took from us that's why they went it was not supposed to be battle. it was supposed to be to raid the caravan and take your stuff back okay now forget that now the process is going where halas we are so low in mecca And they are so much in control of anything. We can't do business, livelihood, nothing. Everybody is boycotting us. We have security. Nobody is going to kill us. At least, look, even at that time they had some honor and dignity, these people. If you are related and you have my protection, nothing. I mean, think about that. If they saw today Islamophobia, no one is protected. Can Trump say to his supporters, these Muslims are, forget it. Nobody's listening. At least those people, we call them Jahiliya and all of this, but believe me, if you study, I don't know who is Jahiliyyah today or but so the Prophet goes to Medina. Medina already there is monopoly in the market, monopoly in the business. So the Prophet is coming and he's saying what he's saying. He's saying to these people as soon as he established the mosque, he established the marketplace. He started something, but people, those who control the market, from Yahud, they started cutting down and kicking him out. So one of the companions said, I have a land, Let's." and said, we'll establish our market there. OK? Now, somebody might ask, why not go to that market? Why not do this and that? Well, if we went under their market, where they had total monopoly, domination, What would happen with the Muslims in 10 years? They would have to work for these people. They had monopoly. They were abusing that monopoly. And they were very clever in doing that. So if Muslims went to that new city, Medina, and they started as a lower hand, as employees only, never business owners, never established anything, what would happen in 10 years, 20 years in Medina? They would come to the same place where they were in Mecca. You understand? Why they're leaving Mecca? Because these people took over everything they can't breathe. So to go now to Medina and come in the same place where they control everything, you are nothing, then you'll have to run away in five, 10, 20 years. So, so what the Prophet does, he encouraged companions. He opened the business, he opened the market, he removes the certain tax, regulator. he put certain rules. Even Umar after him, Brings the auditors to the market, like Deloitte, you know, we had that, better than Deloitte. So he brings these things, and even when Imam Bukhari, and I talked about this last time, when Imam Bukhari start his discussion about book of transactions, he starts with who? amongst others, Abdurrahman ibn Nawaf, who when he comes to Medina, first thing he asks, show me the market, show me where people are doing business where the companions are. And we anyway, we talked about these things. Okay. So we are now in Australia. We understand if we don't establish business ownership, upper hand, institutions and all of that, if we don't establish, we will be as Afghans, Makassar, and like in Mecca, force. So here's the choice we have as a business people, as a leaders, communities, whatever you want to call yourself. Here's a simple choice. If you don't, in 100 years, somebody will tell a story, once upon a time there used to be Muslims here. Like we remember Afghans in the books, and history classes, somebody will remember you guys. Oh you know these people, I remember there was something here. Like now you go to aboriginals, and they don't know what they're saying. They say, my grandfather used to sing something. They call it sing. They used to sing, Allah, something, there was some song they used to sing. Yeah, it's something like what you sing, Allah, Allah. That's how they think about it. They don't know. His name on the grave Abdullah and something, something. They don't know. They lost it. So, as a Muslims, we have to understand as a shepherd's terrain where we operate. What is it history? What is its presence? How do we dream a bigger picture, more strategically and independently? How do we protect ourselves? How do we bring the best in Islam and enrich this?